Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we have finally arrived at the Disney Plus series Loki Season 2. Very excited to be talking about this. And of course, we have the super producer playing a little injured, playing a little under the weather, Jake Christie. Jake, how are you? I think the thing is, the haters and losers might have thought that the novel coronavirus would stop me from talking about Loki Season 2. And it didn't. And I just want uh, everyone to know that you're going to have to throw a much worse virus at me in order to not have me podcast. And that says a lot more about how addicted I am to podcasting than it does the virus. But I'm doing well otherwise. Jake may be a little under the weather, but you know what isn't under the weather? The MC University Patreon, patreon.com, where you can find our bonus content. And we have the Furious 7 pod that's up now. We will be doing Fate of the Furious very shortly uh in this month and of course the three dollars gets you in the discord and gets all of our catalog of bonus pods and the eight dollar avenger level gets you an opportunity to appear on a subscriber mailbag which we do every month appreciate everybody for supporting there we do have a couple of guests though i had to bring a couple of people on you know get this party started because this loki show is a party so firstly we have the producer of Cinephobe, the producer, he produces a lot of, a lot of shit. You, you know him, you love him, friend of the show. I think this is the 11th appearance, one Anthony Mays, aka Corn Puzzle. Mays, how you doing, bro? Oh, 11 was my favorite number. That's good. I like that. <laughs> I'm happy to be back for Loki. I cannot remember the last time I talked to you guys. Did we talk about Secret Invasion at all? Was I here for that? You only texted me about Secret Invasion as we could both complained about it, and I'm I, uh, it's okay. I can find out. I I I, I better double check. It's Quantum Mania. Uh, it's Quantum Mania. Was the last. Yeah, time. that's right. That sounds good. Yeah, we talked about the ants. We talked yeah. about Jonathan Majors being dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Secret Invasion. What a what a turd. Oh, yeah, what a turd in the punch bowl of the MCU. But hopefully this writes the ship, right, guys? Yeah, we're, we're, we're hoping. We're <laughs> we're hoping. We're hoping, man. We also have another guest, friend of the show, made a bunch of appearances as well. Dalbin Osorio. Dalbin, how you doing, bro? I think that you should get a Sharon that says how many appearances we made on the on the show every oh, time nice. we come on, like it's ESPN. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, so the answer. I, I you're right with uh, eleven for Maze, and then. Uh, because of course I do have a spreadsheet that shows this. That's and, it. Uh, be, this is Count including the page, That's the... including a page, Patreon episodes. This is number twenty for you. So come wow. on. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Dalby's out here. Super Two pumped zero, to be back bro. with you guys. Yeah. Super yeah. pumped to be back with you guys. Yes, yes, and and let's get into it. Um, episode one, Ouroboros, bringing Loki back. I think the thing that I loved about this right off the bat is we didn't do a three months later. Or because obviously time is different in the TVA, we get right to where the cliffhanger ended, and this was a fun episode. Really enjoyed the pacing, the energy. We had some new characters show up. It was a lot of fun. Maze, I'll start with you. What did you think of this first offering in season two? Well, so I didn't read the full article, but I did see that Alan Seppenwall was already poo-pooing this. Mm-hmm, he did. And that was surprising to me. And he essentially said, coming off of Ahsoka, which he also was not too fond of the finale for that show, and now we're going right into Loki, and Loki's disappointing, and it was a big downer. And so that lowered my expectations significantly, and I had a great time. I thought it was fun. 
I like the new additions to the cast a lot. Obviously, Kihi Kwan is on fire. And that was, you know, right after he won the Oscar, this was the first thing that was attached to him and announced for him. And I was like, okay, that sounds like a great fit. I can't wait to see how they use him. And they used him perfectly. He's yes. in the Department of Exposition and Jargon. And he handled it with a plum. And they even snuck in a... The thing I had to text you because it was just the the homonym <laughs> joke of the episode. You know, uh, oh man, where did it what? go? The temporal loom, the temple yes. of doom, the temporal yes. loom. Let's say it over and over again. It's <laughs> just perfect, man. Just perfect. It, it just um, we'll get to him a little bit later, specifically. But just to continue to go around the room, Dal Bean, what did you think generally of this episode? Uh, well, you know, OB fresh off, he continues his J. Cole-like run this year. You know, he's been on a J. Cole-like run. Um, so that 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 was impressive. I, uh, I love, we've talked about this before, right? Like uh, stakes just for the sake of having stakes don't make any sense, right? Like just to just to have them. Um, but I I. I love how, you know, I think you guys had tweeted out the question earlier last week, like, what are you hoping to see? And one of the things that I said was like, I need to know what, like, what the stakes are here. Like, I need to know that, like, this multiversal war is going to have some stakes. And the fact that they went right out of the gate with switching what we think we know about time travel, right? And like what we thought we knew, uh, I, I thought that was impressive because I was like, okay, so that means that you're going to you're gonna try to circumvent my expectations a little bit. Um, and that's good. I enjoyed it. I thought that it picking up right where it left off worked really well. And we'll, you know, we'll get further into that. Um, all in all, a very solid first start, like very solid first episode to get out the gate. So I, I, I dug it. 100%. Jake Christie, what's up, man? So the thing that I was super complimentary about it, about the first season, and I think that this really showed too, is, and and why I feel like it, Loki was the best example of like how to do these Disney Plus shows that still feel like television while not being like super episodic, is that even though the, the whole plot that was set up at the beginning of the season was not completed, there was a clear goal that needed to be completed at the end of this episode, and it was. And it's not, it didn't do the thing that, like, honestly, a lot of the previous Disney Plus shows have done, particularly Secret Evasion and even some of the other Disney, non-Marvel Disney Plus shows, where it's like, okay, so in episode one, we're going to set up eight different plot points, and all of them are going to get settled in the finale, you're just going to have to wait. And it's like, no, this episode still obviously has the overarching Kang plot line, the Multiversal War plot, plot line, the Sylvie plot, and these are all things you care about. But they gave you a thing at the beginning of the episode, the idea of time slipping, a thing that is affecting our main character. And it's also, the stakes are very clear too, because the thing that I think always shows stakes, I know we've talked about this previously, is having other characters react. The thing that makes the sequence with Loki maybe not making it back through the time bloom the special is that Mobius is sad that he's mm. worried about him that's what makes it impactful and so the fact that we get that cathartic moment that we get that resolution at the end of the episode is like oh right this is not just as one sixth of a greater story it is a contained episode of television itself and i know i harp on this a lot but i think when we go back and look at the marvel television that doesn't work it's when it feels like when when you're like well this episode wasn't that great on its own but if you consider in the larger no 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 that's not how television works you can't do that that is cheating and so this was such a satisfying, fun episode. I don't expect it to be like the best episode of the, the show because I had to set up a lot of stuff. But I think that like there's just such a they just have such a clear vision of the aesthetic and the vibe that like 
when you talk about how key was Mr. Exposition, that works so well when you have such an interesting set and such an interesting character and such interesting ideas that it's like, and when you're, when you're doing the exposition in the really cool thing where they have the two different timelines, it's like, you know, what when you have so much character and intention into the little decisions you're making, exposition can be incredibly interesting because there's intention between, because you can just look at everything and find it interesting. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I can't wait to see where it goes. It, it gave me confidence that they still know what they're doing. Yeah, even something oh, like yeah, the 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 skin question marks scrawled on the computer as exposition, and then he realizes right when we do that he's in the future now, not the past. That's a great little use of the set to do that. Yes, yes, and, and again, I think the transition we have we have new directors, we have a new head writer, and putting that into this situation and this show, you know, you don't know how that's going to go, but I thought visually this was pretty awesome. Just the way that everything was filmed. And I love the writing, love the dialogue, everything along those lines. And I think Jake, you spoke to it as far as the, the character driven stuff comes with Loki. I thought the, his, his dread, his chaotic, not only the time slipping, but the idea of, hearing the recording of he who remains in Ravona. We'll get to that later, but just seeing seeing that face, seeing the statues all over the place. It freaks him out in a way that you you kind of feel the danger of this person in a way that we haven't yet, which says something because there was a whole movie dedicated to that person and we, we didn't feel that. So I think accomplishing that and that being just a little piece of it, because that's really more so of a minor piece of the episode. A lot of this is Loki trying to, you know, figure out and not just totally disappear from time itself. So getting back to that and getting back to the original characters and uh, adding some of the new ones was was really fun. But yeah, let's let's center this on Loki first. I think one of the things that kind of stood out to me and, and I just mentioned it was the the stuff when you come off of such a situation at the end of season one where he has the hero moment but gets rebuffed and now everything is torn into shreds as far as the multiverse is concerned time branches all of this stuff i thought tom hiddleston was awesome in this episode portraying that that whole deal dalbin i want to go with you first like seeing this through loki's eyes and how this kind of played out in this episode, even as we get to the end of the episode where he, you know, fortunately for him, he gets pruned in time. Who pruned him? I don't know. Somebody, somebody helped him out. But just stuff along those lines, a very chaotic, very just fast paced. uh, And with everything happening, slipping back and forth between future and past and present. I thought Hiddleston was awesome, man. What did you think? Yeah, I I loved Hiddleston. And, you know, one thing I was worried about was that, um, like, you kind of see his journey in season one. And I definitely was worried, like, okay, well, now where does he go? Because we got to remember, right, this is the 2012 Loki, right, who was just a a week away, like, a week ago was trying to kill the Avengers and dominate Earth, right? So, So it was that, it's that Loki, right? And so to see his arc and see him now want to actually save everybody 
Um, and, you know, Jake and I have, have, have made this joke multiple times that a, a good love story is still good. Like, you, 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 love stories are good. And this is still very much a love story. There's a, there's a person who loves his brother and wanted to have a relationship with him, now loves Sylvie, right, and, and wants to get back to her. And Hiddleston embodies all of that. Like, this is still the same Loki who felt, you know, ignored by his brother, overshadowed by his brother, and needed to go work for Thanos to take over Earth and destroy the Avengers. Hiddleston plays every note of Loki perfectly. Like, he's gotten to the point now where it's kind of on autopilot for him, kind of like how Downey did Iron Man. Like, it's just yeah. like, all right, man, like, I can wake up tomorrow and be and be Loki, and, it, and it's cool. Um, and I think him being now, to your point, the point you mentioned about him being the only one that seems to understand how dangerous Kang is, despite us having a whole movie and all that stuff. And this is a guy who was blatantly arrogant just a week ago, you know, going toe-to-toe with Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, I think that serves to drive home. And, and so I think getting to the point now where Tom Hiddleston and his Loki is the linchpin of the multiversal war. Like, if Loki doesn't work, I don't think you can make the rest of the pieces work as well. You need somebody to be the person that drives home the threat, very similar to how Downey did it for Thanos, right? Like, he was the opposite of Thanos. Um, but I thought he was amazing, man. And I I was worried because the ensemble grew that he was also going to fall kind of like into the wayside. But that didn't happen. It was still very much Hiddleston's show. And I, th- I, thought, I thought he delivered all the emotions, even the end where he sees Sylvie in the elevator. And she's like, oh, there you are, right? And you see, he's he's like, oh, my God, it's you. And then somebody stabs him in the back, <laughs> you know? And right. I, I felt for him. I thought it was beautifully done. I thought he did amazing. Heavy, heavy emotion there. J- Jake, I, I know we have discussed the, the whole Loki-Sylvie thing and what have we, we want to see. The, I don't remember a, that. I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember having discussions about that. You know, we were, you know a, little, a little tension, a little, a little uh-huh. romance. Uh, mm-hmm. There was more you know, they, tension they... with the crocodile. <laughs> I mean, some people have said that. Uh, or is they... it an alligator? It's an alligator. That's my fault. Yeah, it's an alligator. I, I wasn't going to correct you because I already. I don't want to be snout blind. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, I think that like that. That being a, I think that the the, th- the thing that makes his kind of like, I think what a thing I almost kind of forgot until the previously on Loki that came up before it is like. Oh, he actually doesn't see that Sylvie kills he who remains. And so that the thing that Hiddleston plays really well in this episode is like the unsureness of like, can I stop this? What what happened? Like that he is like it's he's kind of manic. It's not he's not um like he he's not acting rationally, and obviously he's being pulled from time to time. And I think that a thing that in this is best exemplified with the famous uh glass breaking montage that we made for Howard Bryant about people just go through glass in the MCU like it's nothing that a lot of times when a hero no sells something we don't get the severity of it and so like not only is Hiddleston selling how severe Kang is but the thing with the time slipping that like I, you don't think for a second that it's not the worst thing in the world you know what I mean like it's it's played for like a comedy a little bit like for the other characters but like it is the stress of what he's going through, like it, it was stressful. Like anytime he's in the middle of conversation and he disappears, you're like, well shit, what is he going to do now? Um, and then I think beyond that, I think that I think we didn't like touch on, cause it almost feels like mm-hmm. it's such an immediate reveal, but I think it's such an interesting thing that I didn't really consider. I think that, um, I don't know about you, but at the end of last season, I assumed that he went to a different universe. Right. I think that's what we even said. Right. right. And so the reveal that he actually went back in time is something that's like, Oh shit. Like that actually changes your whole perspective. And like, 
I really, I, li- I, I like that that decision that they make early on to reveal because if the show, if the if the plot is going to be about Kang and the way that he's changed the TV over time, I don't think like you don't need to save it, and not everything needs to be a twist. You know, sometimes you can just mm. establish a new thing, and I think that um, the visual fun they get to have with that with the two different time periods where they have the bit with the wall with the pruning like shit like that is like that's i think what is cool about time travel stuff that they can do stuff like that and i I like the way that they use this this plot device to reorient us with the world we already knew and also like give us hints to because we really didn't get a lot of answers about how the actual tva works Last season, we we got their version of it, but then we learned that's not true, but we didn't actually learn what it actually is. And I think that we got to see some of the history of it when it was run by Kang. So using the way that Hiddleston plays the performances, you know, increasingly getting more frustrated is uh, it really makes it, it gives the episode a lot of energy. Now, with, with the time slipping maze, you are you love the time travel. You're into the time travel. What did you think of this? plot device as we saw this play out jake mentioning the whole idea of it looked like loki was literally suffering and mobius alluded to it as well well what did you think of the whole device of it i mean i think what jake just said about us thinking that it was a different branch or a different universe when we saw the kang statue last year is right on point and i thought the show did a very good job of not even really making me question that once it got going the the pace was so frantic and we had we were instantly in crisis as soon as the episode started we were already in trouble he was already on the run and then he starts glitching and slipping and i liked the way that they handled affecting the past where especially with ob yeah he's talking to ob in the past and then ob is like wait I kind of remember. Actually, it's right. Actually, the vacuum cleaner hookah lamp is right here. It's so interesting. And, uh, you know, th- would that happen instantaneously like that? No, I'm willing to be forgiving. Like, it was clever and it was fun. And I guess I wonder now. Obviously, you're not supposed to be able to time travel within the TVA, and we've proven that you can. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they're going to try to be figuring out how to do that again. Because I hope that that dynamic continues. I enjoyed seeing it in the past, seeing it in the future, and learning more about everything that way. It'll be a shame if that goes away after just one episode, but I'm sure they'll find a new device or workaround to do that. Yes, and I, yes. I was going to say, well, I was, and I love mm-hmm. that you mentioned that because that was the thing that popped out to me at the end, right? When when mm-hmm. now you've, because time, time moves differently in the TVA, and that's the easy out for anything that you want to explain there, right? But... If you if you can go back, right, then that opens up our Loki, 2012 Loki, going back to making sure that Sylvie doesn't become the jaded person that she becomes, right? It also opens up him going back to trying to stop Kang from ever creating the TVA in the first place. Or maybe he's the one that assembles a new team of Avengers to stop Kang from what's coming. Like I and I think it just it it opens up so many different like uh, narrative per- possibilities that I think had you had you left it unresolved and stuck with the rules that you set for time travel and Endgame, I don't think you get there. I don't think you get to the point where now you have so many different opportunities to tap into. Because in Endgame, we hear that your past, you're not supposed to talk to yourself, right? It doesn't impact your 
past and all that stuff. And now we know that that's not true, at least in the TVA. But they're going to be going to the future because they need to right. get Sylvie. Right. So it's not even Sylvie, about right. going to the past right, right. now. Right. They got to go to Broxton, Oklahoma. <laughs> well, actually, that, technically speaking, that is the past because it's 1982. Oh, right. And not 2012. Well, yes. No, wait, 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 wait. Sorry. The, the post credits with Sylvie in Oklahoma. In, a, in, in 1982. Is, that, is mm-hmm. that before or after she comes out of the elevator? So I, I think is I think that that's before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because because yeah. because you got to remember Loki was taken. Oh, our Loki was taken okay. in 2012. So there's a 30 that's year Sylvie, difference. That Sylvie well, is future Sylvie. Which I'm the guessing 80s. they're gonna pull on that plot right. thread at yeah. some later. Yeah. yeah. So what I read it as when she pops out of the elevator is that she got dumped there. But what you guys are telling me is that no, she's no. on a concurrent timeline. Exactly. She's yeah. just in Oklahoma yeah. that, right now. She's just that, in Oklahoma. I, I, I suspect at McDonald's the shameless product placement. Yeah. Shameless. That, <laughs> at the scene. I'll have everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I suspect that the scene with her in the elevator is probably in like episode four or five. And, and we'll, we'll get see back what, to it. Exactly. Yeah. And we'll Which see you have Loki looking at yeah. old Loki get stabbed. Yeah. It was probably Loki that stabbed himself. That's what I was going to say. That's my prediction. I think it's Maybe. Loki who pruned him. Yeah. Um, I think it's an older Sylvie. That's what I think. I think it's an older yeah. Sylvie that stabbed him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, we'll yeah. see. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, the w- and I, the thing I like about like the whole you can't time travel in the TVA, I like that they immediately upend that because it's like, that's what the old TVA said. Like, why are we to believe anything that they previously thought about the TVA. And I, I think that like... It's clear they ain't no shit. Rules, so. rules that are said, but never like shown are only interesting insofar as they are broken. Like in fiction, if you just say like, you can't time travel in the TVA and nothing ever challenges that, then like, why bother saying it? It's not interesting. So I'm glad that they, you know, immediately do challenge that. Yeah, big Last Jedi, kill the past vibes with the mm-hmm. head of the timekeeper sitting on the table during the meeting the whole time <laughs> like yeah this is all bullshit actually and, uh, and then the one guy at the council who says that it doesn't change anything he's someone who will ask for the rise of skywalker he's like yep. what just because we said this doesn't go to way, it doesn't change anything <laughs> bring jj back <laughs> oh my god well, who is that that's x5 right i think that's i think that's yeah. it. i think that's oh name. is that rafael Cazal? Yeah. Is that my guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't he wasn't in season one, right? He's new. No. Yeah. He's uh no. he's from Blind Spotting. He's like mm. Oakland, friend with David Diggs. They made a movie that became a show on stars. That's where he came from. I like him. He has a very creepy Yes. Kind of like and it's and of course they chose this woman the the relationship that he has with General Doc. So this woman Kate yeah. Dickey was yep. the breastfeeding yep. woman from yep. Game of Thrones. Yep, she could win six Oscars from the rest of her life. And now, unfortunately, the first thing yeah. I think about her is that <laughs> through the moon door. <laughs> and and then they gave it. They're like, you know what? We really like the relationship you had with your son. How about you translate it over? And I don't even know. I know nothing about them. I don't know if they're related. I don't know how long they've been working together. Something's off. And I love the, it. They're evil. The, I hate them already. The uh, oh yeah, the, yeah. He's he's pretty annoying, and yeah, she's not great either. The the TVA bureaucrats. We got to see a little bit of that um, play out in this episode. Hunter B fifteen, continuing from when she found out that she was a variant last season, is now on a crusade to make sure that we do not prune any more timelines. Which... All lives matter. I mean, or, I mean, Anthony. <laughs> We Damn. all look alike. <laughs> wow. 
That was a that was a bad Freudian slip right there. I've derailed you completely. <laughs> Whew. That's a great one. That's a great one. Oh man. That's a one for the books. I'm glad this is on YouTube. Yeah. There Let's you do it, baby. Loki season two, time travel. The timeline is all fucked up. Because all of a sudden I'm a mean L has it. I gotta mm. I love it, man. Yeah. But um but yes, the yeah, the the whole the Hunter B fifteen thing is now her thing is she wants to save everybody which is interesting i you know as i think about this all of these kind of storylines coming together and stuff like that i'm very curious to see how this actually plays out because i mean the multiverse is messed up man we got to kind of clean this up and she wants it all to stay i I don't i I don't know if that's i don't know if that's gonna work um black is beautiful Oh, I, I root for you, my sister. I, I I hope everything goes out goes all right, but I don't know. I'm not, I don't know about this one. I think the I think yeah. the I think what makes it interesting though is that if you didn't know about Kang and you didn't know that there was go a force that would combine forces in the multiverse, you I can understand exi- why you'd be like, wait, we're gonna eliminate hundreds mm. of thousands of millions of people billions of galaxies because this and like that's i think why loki's so frantic is because he was fully convinced like oh this is evil they're destroying these people and it's like and the only thing that could convince him that it was okay to do what is on its face horrible is like oh if you know the worst possible person in the world was like there are billions of me and so like if under b15 doesn't know about that you kind of understand why she thinks that it's an injustice to prune universes. So here's why I'm laughing because Jake, I, Jake might as well be like, "Listen, man, genocide. I understand why we would commit. Like, I understand why that would go down. Like, like <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I'm not saying that. I, I, I think it's, I, I think it's a multi, it's a multifaceted thing. But I think that the, this is what he's asking you to confront. <laughs> Jake is like, look, man, if it's got to happen, it's got to happen. <laughs> So let's not act like AC didn't just say we can't all let all these universes go. He's saying the same thing as me. Hey man, look, I'm with Jake on this. All right, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to make this a race war on the podcast. But I'm clearly with Jake. You, it's, I, it's social Darwin, I, I, it's Darwinism. You know, no, like not everybody can live. Yeah. Ultimately, the thing is, the ultimate place I come down. <laughs> I did not know this was going to go this the way. Ultimate, <laughs> the only way I come down is that I'm actually, I actually side with Hunter B15. I was just trying to explain why it's compelling. He's like, the only way I do this is for a sister. That's the only, that's Jake. I, the only way I come off this is for a sister. And I respect no, it. The, I it's because it. the thing is, because obviously what I'm trying to say is, and I'm just trying yeah, to be calm, cool, and collected. I don't need to walk it back because I know what I was trying to say is that what makes it an interesting conflict is that like mm-hmm. obviously destroying universes yeah. whole cloth is bad. And so they have to introduce the idea of Kang in order to make their dramatic tension because like there has to be a question of whether or not you do it. And so obviously the answer ultimately because mm-hmm. of the, what the movies we have coming up are called is that they're going to have to defeat Kang yes. in some way. But once again, they have to make it a dynamic conversation and if ken doesn't exist then like yeah you shouldn't prune universes but um well, yeah i think it is it's i'm it's i'm interested to see how the mm. 100 beasts into the world and the mobiuses of the world start to feel about this question if they get to see the breadth of kang's right. ability because once again like i don't think that they should be pruning but also like 
if we get to a place where there are a million Kangs showing up at the TVA killing everyone, then like that's a different dramatic story. I really like the use of the term pruning. Yes. And I think it applies really well because it makes you think of gardening, right? And when you're gardening, you can't just let everything grow like crazy because it'll get out of control. You have to right. prune it so that you can let the existing plant or the existing timelines flourish and have the necessary like space and resources to have the best possible growth. So in this case, Kang is like a bad batch of aphids or something like that a really bad batch but it's the same principle right like you can't just let everything go crazy because it won't sustain for whatever reason whether it be kang or something else or and then you know like all right let's say we're all on hunter b15 side here which obviously we've established that i'm not can OB build the temporal loom big enough mm -hmm. to actually handle it? If he could do that, then sure, fine. Yes. Let it go crazy. But we've seem seen so the future. Sure. <laughs> doesn't seem like it worked out. Like we got a little flash forward to that. So I don't think that we have the. I don't think we have the capabilities. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a tough chore. You know who does have the capability? Kang. So now imagine you got to go and knock on. You know. MCU's Hitler and say, "Hey, guy, let's let's build this thing so we can save some people." Like, that, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. I mean, isn't that how Volkswagen started? That's a yes. Um, <laughs> Look, man. Even the Jay Temple Christine. of Doom, they had ritual sacrifice. Okay, like right. it's a necessary part of. I don't think the ritual sacrifice was necessary in Temple of Doom. <laughs> oh, it's super necessary. How do you think they flourished? Yeah, <laughs> man. Oh, oh boy, I love I love when it's it's nice. I I, like I feel that. so much more comfortable when the rails are no longer even in sight. Yes, there's no there's no, there's no path. Uh, time time is not real on MC University. It's not a thing. So it's the other the other member yes. of the panel, Judge Gamble, is played by this woman Liz Carr, who's shown up in Devs. She gives like a lecture in devs. She's just she's one of the angels in Good Omens. That That's season two that just from. came out. Yeah. And when they had her and they had the breastfeeder, I couldn't help but think of the what we do in the shadows council of the energy vampires. I kept like how they kept like unveiling another like crazier and crazier energy yeah. vampire lady i kept waiting for like another weird lady to pop up on this council but we only got the two of them and then the sleeping guy who's not even in the credits oh yeah he's not in the credits uh also since he you know old dude sleeping hashtag wash agenda has arrived uh, oh, my I, guess we get I, did, I didn't even see it coming did you feel didn't represented I, I i mean jeez i mean representation matters I, guys. I, I didn't know i could be it's just incredible how marvel continues to find a way to insert washed agenda into everything. Why, Even what can I tell you? in a place where time doesn't exist, it's and a, man OB hasn't slept ever. <laughs> it's just incredible, man. He's no, I'll say this, AC. You know what actually is low key kind of a washed, like, this isn't only washed agenda, but like a washed, uh -huh. like, life philosophy. The way that OB's like, I gotta get these orders done the moment they come in, or else they pile up. Yo! You... <laughs> right there. 
AC, AC said, I feel that. AC said, I know, yes. Bill comes in, goes right back out. I said, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's I, 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 I came home. I, I said, I said, hey, hun, uh, I'm going to get these dishes washed. I'm going to take the garbage out. I'm going to be ready to do this podcast. I got to rewatch the episode right fast. So let me take care of the chores. I do this and do that that's and do that. That's and it. So I can be prepared. So, I mean, that fits the bill. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. But, okay. So I wanted to, now that we've, I feel like we've mentioned Kang enough to kind of like dive into the tape. Because um, at one point, right before Loki appears with the TVA bureaucrats, He's in the same room, whether I think it might be in the future, might be in the past. I'm not sure. No, exactly. I think it was the past. With the it was head. the past. The thing was the past. They covered yeah. it up with the new mural. Well, okay. So considering this being the case, I think the fact that he plays the tape and we find out that uh, a Old Kang girl. variant and Ravona have met, have talked, what is said is, he goes, Ravona Renslayer, you are quite a marvel. I will be proud to leave with you. You made a difference in this war. Thank you for being on my team. What are you doing N- Friday night? <laughs> That's the part we did it here. That's yeah. the, the exactly. And it when when we were coming into the season, one of the things that I wanted to know and see was the Ravona Kang relationship start to become a thing. Because if anybody from the comics knows that Kang and Ravona is throughout all versions and variants and everything else, their relationship is vital. I mean, in a lot of ways, Kang is like Carl Thomas. I'm emotional because this this woman has torments him in a lot of ways. Like there there's so many different um, issues and series that you could go back to. I think it was 2019. Where there was a there was a limited issue, I want to say like six series, six issue series of Kang the Conqueror, and it really kind of details the the plight of how he's just so obsessed with her, and that's why I want to see what happens here because that will play into the entire dynamic of what this person slash persons is going to be in this multiversal war. So, Dalbeat, I know this is kind of this is kind of your field here. This is this is the rabbit hole. Let's <laughs> let's go down it for a second, yep. and, and and take a look and kind of analyze what we got here. It's v- very brief, but the fact that we got this little nugget is interesting, and the fact that this occurs in the past when we know in the TVA, Ravona went and left to find He Who Remains and find this person. What do you make of all this? She left searching for free will. Remember, that's what she said when she walked through the true. time door. She went looking for free will. I think it's uh, what. So we we we're in the TV and we know that he who remains has wiped all these variants' memories. So very clearly, to your point, like he's probably wiped Ravona's memory a time or two, right, to get her to this point. Um, and and in the comics, she's the one that tries to kill him because he wants to kill the Avengers. Um, and so you're talking about like just a real integral part of Marvel in and of itself. <clears throat> the thing that I think stands out to, to me is, A, she very clearly helped him either tame Elioth so they could end the last multiversal or mm-hmm. played a key role, right? And the way that she plays a key role is through a weapon that she, that she, so she was the daughter of a king who Kang then took over the kingdom, right? And she develops this weapon. So is 
as we talk about Loki being the linchpin to actually making the multiverse stakes matter, is she the key to actually defeating Kang? I think that's, I think you're going to see, and she's a talent, man. She crushes it in the morning show. She's amazing. What's her, what, what's her name again, Jay? Goo goo. <clears throat> goo goo. <laughs> forgot. I'm sorry. I've, I've been out of the loop okay. for a while. It's it's okay. Stuck in the it's okay. I forgot. She's amazing. No, she's amazing. She's great in the morning show. I love her in the morning show. But she, um, like, is she the key to defeating him? I think so. And I think you're seeing, you know, one of the things that they skimped out on Thanos when they made him the big bad was the whole him courting Lady Death thing, right? I think uh, we're, yes. I th- right. So you skip that. I think we're going to see this kind of mold into the MCU's kind of version of that. Like Thanos, Kang has probably done everything in his power at some point, right? To impress her and to make her his lady and all these mm-hmm. things. And she's probably rejected him, which is why he kept, which I would not surprise me. And again, it's a, it's a, it's a tired, it's a tired and true trope from a lot of rom-coms that, that do amnesia and things like that. It wouldn't surprise me if Kang has erased her memory so he could keep trying to get her to fall in love with him. Yo, you know what? If <laughs> not, if they did that, if they did that, I yeah, I, I, I that's that's kind of yeah. crazy, but I'm I'm kind of here for it. Yeah, it would not, I mean, it would just wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I am terrified that he has roofied her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Molly all in her drink, and she ain't even know it. He seems like the type. He's a creep. <laughs> I mean, I the way that- he was so bad before, but now that I know that he wiped her memory, oh yeah, bad dude. The way, bad the way that dude. I interpreted it. The way I interpreted it is that, like, and not that I think, I mean, you obviously could be right. The way I almost interpreted it is that, like, he probably went so many rounds with her that at some point he, like, was oh. like, no, I don't, okay. I mean, I mean metaphorical. I don't mean, uh, oh, you didn't mean sexually. No, no. I meant, like, I meant, like, they went through so many trials and tribulations that he had once he was like, she's not good for me. I need to wipe her memory and put her in like a bureaucratic position in the TVA so I'm not tempted to go back to her. So she was a stage five clinger, that's what you're saying? She no, was the clinger? No, no, he, no, he was the clinger. That he's like, he's like as long as she's as long as she's like in my world, I can't, I she's not good for me. But you know, yours honestly seems more like the uh, a bad guy, so <laughs> the creep. <laughs> A creep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, got got some you're telling me here. that he spent an eternity in isolation in the castle at the end of the world, and he was he did that willingly. Like, that's no. true. That's Come true, on, man. Oh, boy. You, there's a lot there. There's a lot there, but there's a lot to mine yes, from there, yes, right? Yes. Like just, just because again, her connection to the Fantastic Four, her connection to the Avengers, her well, role in ending the multiverse war. She's got a big role to play. And let she's me a ask star. you, Albin, are there variants of her? So yes, because remember, at the end of season one, we met the teacher, the the, the one who the oh, the, right. the, the the one who was yes. a teacher. So so we know that there's variants of her, which makes Kang even more of a creep because he's might have been bouncing around from timeline to timeline, warping <laughs> Ravona. <laughs> like again, guys, again, we need to know who we're dealing with here. It's a creep. It's, uh... it's, it's a creep in purple and gold. Volume <laughs> shooter. <laughs> oh my gosh! There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of art imitating life situation type of thing oh going boy. on here. I oh mean, wow! Jesus Christ! Look at that! I mean, hold on. Let me let me break this up. Let me step in here. Okay, we can't we can't do this. This is clearly yeah. not a staged argument that I'm intervening in. No, this is a hundred percent natural. I am disarming this situation. Okay, that's not what's happening here. Look, man, whatever it takes to get Jonathan Majors 
back in these movies. I'm sorry. I, I'm morally bankrupt for this. I I'm sorry. Like if, you know, Megan, if is, Megan Good is gonna stand by him, then I'm, I'm gonna have to put I, my chips where they go. Let I my just, man act. Stand I, by just, your king. <laughs> He just he can't Ugh. he can't keep dressing the way he's dressing. That's that's not the most important thing. He can't do that. And so, like, like I just don't know. And this is this is you know a bigger. This is probably just the way that our society's broken in some way. But it's just uh-huh. like I love that like they tried a staging a fight at a high school across the street from an in and out before like I don't know issuing a statement saying I apologize if I hurt people in my past like the fact that that's the first idea is like so crazy to me it just shows like how fucked up Hollywood is he's gonna start dating Travis Kelsey soon okay whatever it takes <laughs> whatever it takes whatever it takes I don't know I I, I am not co-signing that position but I will leave it at that because we're having a good time yeah, we are Thanks, I either am I for the record, but I I understand. I understand what I I, I, I totally. Yeah, I, totally I would like for him to make steps to you know yes. help his reputation yes. and this that or the other. If he doesn't do that and he just is like, no, I've never been a bad person in all my life, then fuck him. But you know, Jake, are you uh, gonna revive? Are you gonna do a spinoff of your old podcast and do Sorted Present and Future with <laughs> yes. and Majors? I might, except the fact that like I don't need. I mean, I don't need those Twitter mentions, frankly. Like, yeah. I just don't need that. Uh, yeah, it just. But no, I. It, but yeah, man, man, I'm gonna try to see. By the way, Maze, if on the video I can Photoshop the hat onto you, but it oh, might be man. hard. Please, please give me I'll a see. Photoshop hat. I'd love. That. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Oh man, a lot of fun talking about Ken, guys. But there's more stuff to talk about in this episode, and I, I and we talked about Ob earlier. Let's get into him because I felt like, from what I saw, one of the one of the things that kind of stood out to me, besides the fact that Kihi Kwan was awesome, was the fact that it seems like his memory was not wiped. It yep. just based off of the way that he spoke and the way that he talked about everything, it seemed like he's just. He's like he's a forgotten employee in the mm-hmm. basement somewhere. Well, okay, so and, question yeah. about that. Could Are you saying that because he remembered what Loki told him in the past and then immediately remembered it in the present or just in period in general, not it even It felt like that? generally the way that he talked about every talked about everything that there did not seem to be the same how do you say because I, I think even in season one, when you when Loki meets Mobius and meets Hunter B-15, all of these folks have this kind of like straight-lined thinking as far as what the TVA is and, and what it means and what it is. But Obi is different. The way that he goes about things, I mean, even something as, as silly as the cracked glass on uh, Mobius's helmet, just put some tape on it. Just mm-hmm. little stuff like that. He's a little, his energy is just different. It's looser. Yeah. It's... And, and and it's funny. Somebody posted a theory that they think that that Obi is um is is secretly deranged, and he and he wants to get revenge on the TVA for leaving him in the basement forever. And I was just like, no, man, they can't make they can't make my guy be a villain. No, I not mean, at he all. He is the Milton of the TVA. He's down there with his stapler. That's facts. No one's come to see him except for. Mobius once and he completely forgot about it. It's, it's the yeah. literal definition of going postal, AC. It's literally that. It's OB. You can't say that then. You can't say that then. Let's keep Dalby <laughs> away from 
insulting the mail carriers of America, no, the U.S. Postal Service. You better watch so yourself. All right. Dabi, for someone who's for someone who's so involved in democratic politics, it's really weird to take a swipe at one of the greatest paths of the middle class that's been thrown to African Americans. Oh, no I mean. swipe, no, no, no <laughs> swipe at all. No swipe at all. But we are also seven minutes away from from Jake, you know, celebrating genocide. So, like, you know, we've clearly gone off the rails here. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. <laughs> but I think I think AC's point too, as you were talking, because he was. Uh-huh. If you notice when when Loki asks Mobius. Well, how long have you been here? He's like, oh, time moved differently in the TVA. Nobody else has a semblance of how long they've been there, except for OB. OB is yeah. the only one that's able to put a number on how long he's been there. And yeah. I think there's something to be said there. I do wonder if, similar to how similar to how Thanos kept Itri the dwarf alive to continue to build him weapons, did Kang mm-hmm. just not wipe OB's mind because he knew that OB was the only one that could fix the temporal loom? Yeah. And a variant mm-hmm. of Kang did that, right? That's like, my that thought. Happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I think that we're supposed to believe, obviously it might not be, mm-hmm. but just for narrative sake, I think we're supposed to believe that the time period that Loki goes back to when he speaks to him in the past is the same time period that he originally was at at the beginning of the season. And so if that's true, the fact that he remembers anything means that his memory wasn't wiped. Now, obviously that could be a different time, but mm-hmm. like if it is, they didn't make that clear and that's just yeah. like No, sloppy. I thought he went back to the same... Time yeah. period every time except for when he went to the future exactly i that's what i feel like too and so with, with that if that's the case then that would have to be the same obi would never couldn't have had his mind wiped because he wouldn't have remembered it if that's and, the case and i love the f- detail that he wrote all of the manuals that no one read poor i mean my mm, man poor guy working his butt off but you know he's he's so goddamn energetic yeah and happy yeah i don't like I'm not I'm not with any theories that he's in Kang's no. pocket or anything like no, that. No, no, I, I like the positive. I don't even think it. he's resentful. I think he's literally just no. Because also think focus and does, driven onto what he needs to do at any given time. If he does remember all time that he's been there, like for him, who knows? I mean, obviously it's been a long time since someone's seen him, but you know the millennia go by and he finds purpose in his work, etc. He, he, I'll say this. He doesn't seem bothered by it so much. And so, like, I feel like some people write fan theories just to, like, project themselves onto it. And it's like, no, if the character doesn't seem that bothered by it, don't, don't make a big stink on their behalf. Yeah. I, well, I, uh, I, yeah, go ahead, W. Well, and I was going to say, and I, I, don't think, I don't think he's in Kang's pocket. What I'm saying is that, to, to the point about, like, it's very possible that, like, just like everybody else, they thought they were doing the right thing. They were just thought they exactly. were doing the right thing, and he being the one person with the capability to do this, like like Kang probably like Kang was like, listen, we have to do this in order to save trillions, and he's like, okay, yeah, let's do that, right? And I think that that makes all the sense in the world that he that he wouldn't be the one person that's like, yeah, I'm gonna go work for this man, <laughs> I'm gonna go do this willingly, you know? Well, I, mean, I think we're doing the right thing. I do you think you're saying that you think he's even had a conversation with Kang? I don't, it might I have do. been just a tube that delivered a. An assignment that he did without no or any miss minutes face. just randomly hey. showing up. Yeah. Miss minutes with a with a missive. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, it's possible that could be the case too. I I just I just love Ob. It was a it held the energy the energy like right off the bat the back and forth conversations between mm-hmm. between both him in the past and him in the present. Him getting everybody hey. set up. You got an hour. You got five minutes. Like hey, the AC, whole- can I ask you a question? What's the difference between uh, this first episode of Loki season two and the last few seasons of New York Knicks basketball? This season, let Obi cook. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
Yeah, Jake Christie from the logo. <laughs> they said they put they, they put they put that man in Indiana. He's a starter now. Like what the hell, man? Jesus. My mind was going to like a Tibbs's he who remains angle. It didn't really <laughs> land. He who remains is a player who's never played for makes... Tibbs because their knees won't <laughs> remain. I don't know. Um. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I love OB. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of what he got cooking with this. Um, we didn't, we didn't get a really a chance to talk about Mobius. I thought it was, it was cool to see him again. I thought his, the Jake, you mentioned it like right off the rip, but I think the genuine his genuine uh, worry and concern for Loki and their friendship, which is a hallmark of season one, the the kind of like a true detective thing those two kind of kind of got going on. Um, it was nice to see that back again. It was it was a lot of fun. What did you think of seeing Owen Wilson back in his back in his uh, his groove here as Mobius? I think that he just is he's so comfortable in this character. Cause I, I think he was given the direction because I remember I, I heard an interview with him before the first season where he was approached by Kevin Feige and it's like, he wants to be, why you be in the Marvel universe? And he's like, okay, what's this guy's superpower? And Kevin said to me, he's a really good listener. And I think that almost and really like takes that to heart and is like, okay, in that case, I'm going to play this character like he is in any other thing that's not superhero related. And that's the thing a lot of actors have said about superhero projects, but I think that almost just such an empathetic actor, which is a, a thing that can be kind of swallowed up in big projects that, but he just is, I, I like that they keep the relationship with him and Loki. Like, I'm glad that the thing where he, where he doesn't recognize Loki was kind of like a fake out because there's nothing that's more annoying than when a show has a first season and then in order to recreate stakes for a second season, they undo all of the character development from the first season. Like that's like just lazy as shit. And I love that. Like in the same way that like Loki has actually changed, that they're not doing some bullshit thing where it's like, you know how Loki seemed like a completely different character at the end of first season. He's back to being a villain again. Like, no, at the same time, it's like Mobius one has takes a lot of pride in what he was able to do with Loki. And Loki is an example to him of like, oh, this project that we've had about pruning variants, the fact that there could be a variant that could become good is like an integral part of himself. Like that is the most important thing he's done, I think in his life, he would say. And so the fact that he is so concerned and is like really trying to balance this moral question, I think at the end, it's really great to see the way he balances the moral question of what to do about pruning variants. When the man, Loki, who is standing in front of him at the moment is proof that, a variant that gets pruned is not necessarily a bad person. Like the fact that right. Loki himself is like, he has to reconcile that with the fact that Loki, a man that he has grown to love and trust, is saying, No, you don't understand. You have to prune variants. Like that is an incredible moral dilemma to him because the proof that pruning variants is a bad thing is in front of him. But that same proof is saying, No, you have to do it. I think that almost plays that dilemma in a way that is complex and it's not super sci-fi he plays it like a dilemma of not knowing to do with a friend you know and that, yeah. that's why i think he's great casting no well, no and, absolutely uh, well yeah. and i was saying the, the, when he tells him he's like i need a loki who remains like that felt earned that could have been real cheesy that could have been real cheesy but it was it felt earned because of their because of how they built their relationship right and and to jake's point it's true like you could owen wilson i think you know Wedding Crasher, Smash, but Owen Wilson has done some dramatic roles before where he's able to kind of flex his his acting chops. 
he him like Hiddleston, he's matching Hiddleston. All of Hiddleston's uh, fear over glitching, all of his uh, oh my God, Kang's coming. He plays off of that really, really well. But but the, when he says I need a Loki who remains, I'm like, yeah, you do, yeah, you do. You love you love yeah, that man. The, <laughs> the the bit with um where Loki's talking about he who remains and how he got that name, and he's like last man standing. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty good too. Um. Yeah, I love Mobius, man. It's it's cool to get that that little buddy cop thing with him and Loki going again. And I kind of want to see where the character goes. I think the easiest thing that occurs when you have a season one so successful in building characters and getting to know them and learning their ins and outs and stuff like that, you could kind of just go in the second season. And where it's not so much of a, like you said, Jake, a restart you can kind of continue on and build on and expand the story, which it feels like they've accomplished here, which I think is which I think is pretty cool. Maze, you have any thoughts on uh, Mobius in episode one? I thought he was extra Owen-y. I thought he was more <laughs> Owen Wilson than he was in season one, or at least how I remember it. Uh, the thumbs up he gives when Key is and Obi is telling him, <laughs> yes. you, got, you got to bust ass to get back through these blast doors. He's like, yep, you got it. Looking down. Them in the elevator when he's describing what the time something is like it's like you're dying and being born at the same time and he at first he lies to him and tells him it's fine and then he's like no it's fucking terrifying like i actually <laughs> really don't like it and then of course the classic pan over to the mm. random woman and her reaction and him talking about jet skis i love that he still yeah is obsessed with jet skis like kenny powers get this man on a jet ski i can't wait uh-huh. and then he gives us the, the exposition you know it's actually not the type of vehicle it's a brand like kleenex yeah Backs, and, and backs, x5 bro. doesn't want to hear that but that's no. interesting and x5 is wrong for yeah. not find that exactly. interesting yeah x5 x5 got a little little jerk thing going on that i feel like we're gonna see more of as this this uh, series continues in season two this is a really good episode man it's a it, it it gets you it gets you feeling good about what's to come there's a lot of things to answer who helped Loki out that phone ringing at the same time that Sylvie shows up in the elevator and then who pruned him that all of that, those questions are there. We haven't seen Victor timely yet. I'm sure that's coming very soon. And that'll be, that'll be interesting to see what that version of Kang is like. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I guess I'll ask all three of you as we get closer to wrapping up here. Uh, Maze, I'll start with you. What is something that you're either looking forward to see this season, the most thing that you're interested in being resolved or plot continued this season? That's interesting. It's always tough to remember that this is only six episodes. That doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of time. I remember the first season cramming a lot in, all things considered. Mm -hmm. We had the before sunrise episode which slowed things down but other than that episode three yeah you felt like my favorite one that was when i came in <laughs> with all my takes last last go around but <laughs> i i felt like we we started with pace there was a lot of pace from the jump there were stakes and i'm i'm on board i mean i i don't know how many more new characters there are i mean we already have the docs and her weird relationship with Raphael Casal. So that's going to be our little mini antagonist for this season, I'm sure, while Kang remains the the big picture antagonist. 
you know, how long is it going to take Sylvie and Loki to reunite? Will it happen by the end of next episode? Very possibly, mm-hmm. considering how compressed the whole season run has to be. And yeah, I mean, timely is all we're going to get, right? Or do we not know? Like, there no, could be more there's going to be. I'm uh, if I had to guess, I think there's another version out there. Because I would say I would like to see Renslayer and Kang in the past. I don't know how they would fit that in because we've stopped the time slipping. Yeah, I, I if we hearing that tape makes me believe that either we're going to get the present one finding a version or we will get a look at something along the lines of what occurred in that tape. But I do think that we will definitely see another version of Kang in the show besides Victor Timely. And yeah, that'll I think the thing that's cool about this for me especially with a lot of the talk about the MCU lately being about, well, it's the multiversal saga and we have nothing about the multiverse. And we feel like the, the, some of the movies and the shows dedicated to that have not really bore any fruit from it. This feels like we're getting back to that central story and kind of seeing the ins and outs of it as we kind of build towards whatever is going to happen with the Kang dynasty and secret wars as that continues to build. So that part is, is, is interesting to me as it expands, but yeah, I definitely think we're going to get another Kang variant. Uh, Dalbin, what about you? What are you looking forward to this season? So I think, so two things. One, I think uh, when we talked about a lot, we talked about this a lot as we were looking at one division, right? Like I think folks, and you, I think AC, you wrote a really kick-ass piece about how f- expectation is the enemy of some of some of watching this stuff because you start mm-hmm. to psych yourself out and tell yourself, like, yep. well, it Mephisto. needs to go this way. Right, Mephisto's exactly. The whole Mephisto of it all, right? Because you tell yourself if it doesn't Guilty. happen that way, that means it's whack, right? That means it's, it's, just, it's just terrible. <laughs> no, I did it. I did it. It happened. It, it happened to me in the series. I, I did it. I did right? It. Like Because you, you psych yourself yeah. out in that regard. I think what's what I think is what I've enjoyed about the multiversal saga, and there's been surefire misses. Like the bad has been really bad, right? Secret Invasion was bad. Thor, Love and Thunder was bad. (laughs) The bad has been bad. Um, But I think the, the threat of the multiverse itself has been pretty well-explained incursions and all this stuff. The threat of Kang, I think hasn't been explained as well. Like I'm not worried about Kang right now. Like I'm like, all right, man. And so you got washed by some ants. Right. You got washed by some ants. Right. So like for me, I'm like, You're the conqueror, you. Um, so, so I think uh, I'm curious because I think we end up with understanding the threat that all these Kangs play. I think that's kind of where we're headed because I'm, I'm curious as to who was calling Loki in the future, right? Like, Loki. who is it? Another Loki that was calling Loki, right, in the future, um, and who prunes him? I think is another Sylvie because I think now that you've allowed the timelines to kind of go crazy, um, I think that there, just as much as there's a chance that there's a Loki that's redeemed, right, and we've now seen it. I think there's also a chance of a of a Sylvie that goes completely corrupt and is like. Dalbin, before you continue that point, I okay. just want to say, Jake, the fact that if Dalbin is correct, and there's more versions of Sylvie out there and more versions of Loki out there, there is a percentage of a chance, as I told you before on that on that little questions that we ask each other episode that we did a couple of weeks ago. Maybe perhaps there is a Loki Sylvie love scene in the future. I mean, I, I don't love, of all the things that have become my brand on this show, yes. this is one, not what I'm, 
like this is not very low on it, but it's definitely like below like vision penis talk. Like that's my brand I'm proudest of. But like I don't love that you had to interrupt Albin just to tell me that. Like I minority went there. Like I'm that but and I I'm I'm once again. What my whole thing with this, I feel like uh-huh. my take has been way overblown. My take was just these two characters are from different universes. They are only related insofar as like they are a, a variant of each other, sort of. My take was that if they have chemistry, it's okay if they kiss on screen. I think it was basically my take. And it has now become like, obviously, Jake wants to see softcore between Sylvie and Logan. <laughs> like, I don't know how I, it became I, that. I, I did. I bought, Well, I mean, it became that because I did ask you, well, how would you feel? Would you spontaneously combust? And you did not. Yeah, I did because it would be like a culmination of, yeah, you're right. I I, 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 I put myself <laughs> in this corner. I played, in, I played into the bit too much and I got burned. And it's not the first time it happened to me. And it won't be the last because I don't learn. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sorry for it. I'm sorry. I need I need to come barge into this Go for it. Break up this break up this fight. Break this one. How how could there be more Sylvie's? She's a different Loki. But I mean, but definitely with the multiverse, there's every single you can if there's what if there's a variant of Loki, if there's variants of Loki, there would have to be a variant of every variant of Loki. Like that just okay. I mean All right. no, I don't and know if they're gonna go down that path, but like right. if they want to, they can because that's the way the multiple And works. AC, uh-huh. we don't need multiple Sylvies and multiple Loki's. There's clearly <laughs> tension between Yeah, Loki that's the thing too. But our Loki. Now we got the we we got kind of like the teenage romance thing going on with these two. AC wa- oh, AC wants a full blown orgy. He wants a full blown Loki orgy. I feel like I feel like I feel like I'm getting the displacement of a lot of AC's thoughts here, and I don't really like that much. He's very hand, neat, neatly couching himself from these days. Yes. Like, oh, you have them. <laughs> oh, yeah, look around. Oh, what's that? Go. Oh, what? Where, where does this like, idea come from? Clearly, AC, Jake that's is exactly, the sicko of this contest. You're so... AC was like, you know, Jake had this perverted idea about a group sex scene with, with <laughs> Loki. <laughs> That was some expert podcast ventriloquism by AC right there. Like, you can really go back and check the tape. My entire point was just people were, like, really grossed out by it. And I'm like, I don't know. Two actors have chemistry on screen. They're not from this. Whatever. And I, that really got perverted into me being like, I need to see them. Anyway. Dobby, uh, I don't know if you got to finish yeah, your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you won't finish your point. It's all good, man. So my, my, my overall point, because Maisie raised a really good point. Oh, I, if there's if there's one female Loki, it stands to reason that there's a variant. There's another fe- there's another Loki who's a female variant. There's it sure. stands to reason. Um, and yeah. it and you also have you like because now our Sylvie has gone to eighty two, right? So eight years before Captain Marvel comes to Earth, right? And and and, and uh, well goes off to space and all that jazz. Does that Sylvie in the future become a villain because she is thrilled with what she did? There's just so many questions that I got no. that I'm I'm excited that they're that they've now started to go down this road. Um, because I think that's what's gonna drive home the stakes of what Kang is. Because I think we understand the threat of the multiverse now. We understand incursions and people dying and, and we get that. Uh, I don't think we know the stakes of Kang yet. I'm excited to see yeah. if they if they land that. That's what I'm looking forward to. Not the sex scene. I, I, for the record, no. I'm not interested in the sex scene. So you're out on <laughs> it. I'm out on it. I'm out. I'm out. I wasn't. I wasn't even. I wasn't Ooh. even halfway in. But now I'm totally out. Now that I know you're it's prude. AC's idea, I'm totally out. You prude. That's not watch the. That's not watch agenda, man. Let's that is prune not the prude. Agenda. Let's prune the prude, prude right prude. up out of yes. here, man. We should start a segment yeah. called Prune or Prude. I yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, prune or prude.
it is amazing the shit that we got into in this hour. Um, Jake, um, how about you, man? What are you looking forward to for the rest of the? Uh, That's not a sex scene, Jake. I, I didn't say that, and I, I, geez, first the Wall Street Journal quoting me about sex scenes, and now my own co-host. I just cannot believe that this is my legacy. Um, so the main thing, the thing I want to understand is I want to actually understand like what is the TVA? Where is the TVA? Why are all these like what is like? Because I think they're going to get some type of like flashback of how Kang set this all up. And as mm. someone who I love world building that is like intricate and needlessly complex, I would like to see that. That's not necessarily a good thing for the story, but it's the thing I would like to know. I want to know like where literally are they? Like that's the thing I think you can poo poo for one or two seasons, but at a certain point, like I do like. Are they in the quantum realm? Are they in another yeah. universe? Like, where are where are their corporeal beings when they're in the TVA? <laughs> yeah, that's no, that is actually interesting, and I'm glad we got to see some uh, more bureaucrats in this episode. Kind of get a little bit of something behind the curtain because it always felt like we felt pretty comfortable knowing that a version of Kang was pulling the strings last season, and now we see kind of this uh, defunct version showing up here so i'm interested in seeing that i think the one thing for me as far as this season sylvie's decision is a pretty monumental one and i kind of want to see what her feelings are about that as this continues as she goes on her eat pray love situation in, in oklahoma uh we'll we'll see what happens is there and we'll any see what praying happens. or loving going on it seems like she's gonna be eating for a while and that's yeah, about it. like a lot of eating and and as um as uh, trailers and commercials would suggest, she'll be doing some uh, selling as well and, uh, at Mickey D's. I didn't realize that that's where the McGangbang was invented, was in 1982 <laughs> ah, in Oklahoma. Oh, oh, wow. Right there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Loki Season 2, Episode 1 is in the books. <laughs> so this is a fun one, guys. I did not. Uh, I did not even begin. I cannot even begin to understand how we got all over the place as we did. But I'm grateful that we did because it was a lot of fun. Um, shout out to our guests, both Dow Bean and Anthony Mays. Mays, where can we follow you? Where can we find your work, my friend? At Corn Puzzle on the old social platforms. But go ahead and follow at Cinephopod on Instagram. I've been trying to post clips. I've been trying to post pictures. I've been trying to post weird very problematic international posters that really should not be seen by anyone, but you can see them on the Instagram. Check out the podcast as well. That's cinephobe, blah, 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 ascertain bad movies and all that shit. Deep blue sea part one. I can't, I could not believe when I saw that on my feed, I was like, Oh my goodness. And, and, and AC, you were late. Cause you, you say to me, I see all the time that your head is like a shark's fin. And so I, I know the movie's really important to you. <laughs> now who's getting in on the podcast ventriloquism i like this <laughs> oh god it's great shout out to you maze appreciate you man dalbeen osorio my brother glad to have you back on the show again uh where can we follow you sir shout out to appearance 20 man i'm super hyped and let me tell you you guys have gotten me back because jake dropped the best paul walker impression that i ever heard uh, and I and I just have not been able to shake it. So whenever I need to laugh, I think hey. about Jake telling us how hungry he is. Jake, you want to drop one for the people? Just wait, just... uh, hungry? Yeah, I don't we hungry, cuz. Oh uh, no, 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 the line is no uh, uh, hungry. That's a Tyrese line. It's yes, Tyrese f- line. no, the line is also forget about it, cuz. 
<laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. So no, honestly, the reason that's only that the reason that's not offensive for me to say is because Paul Walker said it. It was offensive when Paul Walker said it. But yes. I'm just quoting him. <laughs> you're just honoring the dead at this point, right? That's all you're doing. Exactly. Um, no, super grateful, honestly, always to be on with you guys. I've always rooted for you guys. My 20th appearance on here with you guys, so I'm super pumped. Um, let's keep doing this for 20, 30, 40 more. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at DA underscore Osario. Uh, you will find me there rooting for the Jets. Now that I don't have to root for an unsullied quarterback, I just have to root for a bad one. So you can find me there writing about the Jets. Um, and yeah, uh, super pumped to be back. Let's go. Uh, let's go beat Sean Payton and Russell Wilson on Sunday. Let's go do that. I actually saw I saw a TikTok that was um, the caption was uh, needing a, to pick up a quarterback on the waiver wire, seeing Zach Wilson versus the Broncos defense, and it was the clip from uh, Star Wars: Force Awakens of Kylo saying, "I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I'm the strength to do it." <laughs> uh, it's, I love that. Oh, it. Yeah, being a Jeff fan is so shitty. No, man. yeah, it's not great. Uh, <laughs> It's in, not every, good. in every timeline, in, in every branch, <laughs> in every, every multiverse. Branch. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. So like, bad. It's, it's, it's at the point where literally it's like, it, do you have a lifetime of good Jets memory? Like, <laughs> the only people who have great Jets memories are people who, like, grew up before color television. It's just like, it's because it's not even like there was a sustained period of greatness that didn't involve a Super Bowl. Like, even the two, even the years we went to the AFC Championship two years in a row, our quarterback was still Mark Sanchez. We had no delusions that we were yeah, great. It was, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Dalvin, appreciate you, brother. Um, even if you reminded me of, of the football that I watch every yeah. weekend. Uh, Jay Christie, where can we follow you? You sir? can follow me on Twitter at the Jay Christie. Listen to my other podcast with Andre Barrera talking about the USA Network original series Psych called Love at First Psych. We just started season four. Uh, and so that's very exciting. And yeah, uh, follow all the stuff that AC is about to plug for the show. Uh, and uh, yeah, and thank this pod made me feel definitely the best I felt since I tested positive for COVID. So that's probably because I'm delirious, but also because this is a great time. Yes, yes, and get and feel better soon. Jake, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Follow the show on all platforms at MC University Pod. Plug the Patreon earlier. Uh, got some stuff cooking with that later this month. And of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have somebody cashing in their reward ne- next month for being uh, one of the 100 subscribers to the YouTube channel uh, with, a, with a free ticket for the Marvels. The Marvels actually not, wow, not far away. Tickets coming out on Tuesday. We're about a month out. They got a whole little topsy-turvy switching thing going on in that movie. So in due time, we'll be able to talk about that. But for now, we will be riding the Loki train as we continue season two and excited to do so for Anthony Mays and Dalbino Osorio and Jake Christie. I'm Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.